Welcome to Golden Hour, a podcast dedicated to spreading light. You'll hear stories and interviews from people who have taken difficult circumstances and made beauty and success out of it. Stories of resilience, love, grace, and hope. One of my favorite quotes, and a quote that inspired this podcast by Rupi Kaur, the world gives you so much pain, and here you are making gold out of it. There's nothing purer than that. I hope you enjoy and spread a little sunshine today. Hello, sunshine, and welcome to the Golden Hour podcast. I am your host, Kimmy Cantrell, and I have a very special dear friend with me today, which is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Kimmy. How are you living out here? <laughs> I, you know, I'm living. I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. How are you living? Uh, I feel the exact same way. You know? <laughs> Working on a college campus in the middle of COVID-19, it's been uh, quite the adventure and learning process, but you know, that's okay. We're going to make it through. Hopefully, one way or another, we'll push through. I literally can't wait to hear all the ins and outs of what that looks like, um, but I want to tell my my people listening a little bit about why I'm so excited to have you here today, and the first is because you're truly just awesome. <laughs> Truly just one of the coolest people I know. Um, I met Alex, I guess I was um, a senior in college. Um, and then we worked together as hall directors in grad school the following year. So one year above me in grad school. Um, but I had always had on my dream bucket list to be on somebody's podcast. And Alex was the first person to have me on his podcast. Hey. <laughs> and, and him doing that, which is called Adult Adjacent Podcast. You should totally check him out on all platforms that you listen to podcasts. Um, but in doing that, Alex, you really kind of allowed me to get my ball rolling and, and realize that like, I can do this too. So you are a trendsetter and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. <laughs> I don't know if I would say I'm a trendsetter, but <laughs> I'm glad that I can inspire you to act on what was already birthed in that, that kind heart of yours. And so it mostly <laughs> just enables you to do what you already were going to do. So that's what sure. I Sure. <laughs> you, you led the way. One thing you may realize in the middle of this podcast is that Alex and I are very much, um, no, you're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. Team um, deflection all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we don't do that too much. <laughs> um, so Alex, I have a, a quick little icebreaker if you're interested in it. Oh, we are ready. I'm excited. <laughs> so you know it can't be... Um, a higher education conversation without an icebreaker. So, um, so here we go. It's going to be a rapid fire, either, or I'm going to give you two things and you just pick the first one that comes to your mind. Okay. Do I have to explain or is just, just answer it and then it stays there. Good question. Totally up to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So the first we're going to go with pancakes or waffles. 100% waffles from the 100%. Waffle House. 100% <laughs> from the Waffle House. With yeah. the All-Star Special. Yes. You've done this a few times. <laughs> I just went there the other day, and so it's fresh on my mind, the happiness I get from that. Do you get chocolate chips in your waffle? Definitely not. Regular waffle, egg scrambled with cheese, sausage, regular toast, <laughs> hash browns with mushrooms and onions. Uh, side of orange juice or water? High C with no ice. <laughs> oh, with no ice. Okay, well, Waffle House, please sponsor us. Always. Hit me up, y'all. I talk about them all the time. <laughs> um, private jet or private island? 
private jet mostly because my girlfriend enjoys traveling and so like uh, in the age of COVID-19 she's miserable and so like having a mm. jet will allow me to uh, facilitate more safe traveling but also we don't have to be around people and so we can travel as we want. That is so thoughtful of you and hello girlfriend. Think, things you're doing <laughs> you love me you know about the other person. <laughs> yeah. um, football or basketball? Unequivocally basketball. Ball is life yes. Yes ball is 100% <laughs> Was life at one point in life, but not anymore. Truth or dare? I'm more of a truth kind of guy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm risk averse. <laughs> and so I'm just going to, you better ask me a question and I can tell you the truth rather than you tell me to do something crazy. I, uh, it's not my, not my lane. Right. Burpees or suicides? Ooh. Uh, I like a good burpee. I'd say if you would have met me earlier in life, I enjoy doing suicides because that's all we did in basketball, but uh, burpees is a good full body get the extension with the overhead jump oh, I yeah. like a good burpee too I really do and then our last one we're gonna go with hmm, good news first or bad news first give me the bad news first <laughs> I, I want to know what is going to be sticking in my head because once the good news comes like I'm just going to be thinking about that and so I'd rather just know the bad and then the good would be you know dismissed anyway because it's good news but totally yeah. I totally agree. Well, that leads me so well into, I guess, what I want to talk with you about first. Um, and thank you again for being here and, and being with me and my listeners and friends. Of course. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm glad I can <laughs> give some knowledge. Hopefully this is helpful for somebody. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it will be. But my first <laughs> thing that I wanted to talk about with you is that um, one of my, one of the first things that stood out to me about you is the fact that you just seem to be one of those people that always has your head up and is really um, always there for other people. And I don't know that I've ever seen you in a foul mood and you always often had the right to be. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like I'm one of those people too. And so I would love for you to kind of talk about like how you became that person and you know, how does it feel to be that person? <laughs> okay. Um, that's, that's such an interesting observation that you make. Like, I think people tell me that all the time, but uh, I think since I'm intimate with my thoughts, like I'm, I don't think that I'm being pleasant, but I also realize like people don't hear what I'm going on in my mind. So that, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think back how, how did I get that way? Um, I think it's probably twofold. So one, my mom is like, that's kind of like her natural countenance. So she's not very, like she doesn't get angry quick. She's very patient. Uh, she worked in social work for a while. And so I think uh, you learn to be the calming force in turbulent times uh, in social work. Uh, and I think that's kind of like translated to my life. Uh, and I think the second thing that's kind of helped me develop this skill set, I guess, is playing basketball. So I had a coach that was very like explosive in terms of like something went wrong. It's your fault. He would scream at you and do all the antics that coaches do. Uh, and I think I learned very quickly, like, the best way to be successful through that is just kind of staying even killed. Like, I mean, it got on my nerves, like coach, stop yelling at me, bro. Like, it's not that deep, but, uh, like I realized like staying even killed and just kind of listening to what they're saying helped me like be more successful and get him to like be quiet quicker. And so I learned that skill set kind of helped me in basketball. Like when things got crazy, there's always adversity. You learn to kind of stay even killed and like, as you go through it, to, that's the best way to stay successful. And then, I think working at housing and higher education, like, you know, students are always in crisis in some, some form and something's mm -hmm. always happening. And so 
Um, nobody's going to believe that I'm the leader if I'm always like freaking out. And so learning how to kind of stay calm, like I'm freaking out inside, but like also staying calm and like working to resolve the issue. So uh, I can take that facade off as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny you say that because um, my partner, Anthony, looks at me all the time and will say something along the lines of you look so peaceful and I'm like really because I don't feel like it <laughs> you know like especially yes. these past few months and I'll just be in the middle of what to me feels like a very deep thought about something that I'm working through on my own and he always knows the exact perfect time to say you look so peaceful because I'm always like wow that's great that that's what you interpret from my energy right now because I don't always feel that way and so I love that you you know made that point to say that you're not necessarily feeling that all the time, but that's just how people interpret you, which is honestly, I think a gift. Uh, I'm glad I have it. I don't know what I did to, to develop it and it wasn't intentional, but I'm thankful I got it is what I would say. Do you find it easy to stay optimistic? Uh, recently, I'd say no. So through COVID, I'd say it's kind of went up and down, right? I think um, my faith kind of allows me to be okay with not having control of a lot of things and so mm -hmm. i think that enables me to like just be okay through whatever happens like well we'll figure it out somehow some way it's worked out in these last 30 years of life and nothing tells me it's going to be otherwise now uh, but then other times like relying on human behavior is when like my faith goes down right so i think mm. uh working on a college campus and seeing how my students are like oh covid is not a big deal or my mom had it and i had it and like nothing the worst can happen is just get a little cough and i'm like that's terrible right and then if you look at <laughs> you know, what's happening politically in the world, like kind of seeing like the things that are being affected and then racially, like kind of seeing like a George Floyd or the, the various killings happening. Like it's kind of, it's hard to stay positive through all that because it's a human thing that people mm -hmm. are like, like it's kind of like out of my control, but I don't have faith in like humans as a large group. And so it's just like, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of doomed, but I know that's not gonna, that's not great for my mental health. So I just kind of choose to not stay in that place whenever I, I experience it. Yeah, it's really, it's definitely a choice, but it's not always an easy one, that's <laughs> no, for sure. Not even close. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I think it's really admirable that you choose to do that because of the two, you know, biggest issues happening in the world right now, which is, you know, COVID-19 and all the racial injustice and inequality impact you directly completely in both yes. you know in every way you turn around so how are you how are you helping yourself navigate that I guess um so I think for me like kind of controlling what I can control is like half the battle right like uh, I know at the end of the day like I don't have I won't find the vaccine for COVID-19 right and so um, and come on, man, uh, <laughs> do maybe, it for us. <laughs> maybe I need to go Take to medical for the school. Team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so like realizing like there are some things that although I want them to happen, I, I don't have control over that. And so just kind of like controlling what I can allows me to at least like focus on things that I have control over rather than like the larger political landscape or police officers killing people or like COVID-19 itself. Uh, and so that's one thing that I also say like my faith is kind of is very helpful through that. So mm -hmm. Uh, there are moments where I get like overwhelmed, like turn on the worship music and then just like, just let it, let it all out. Write um, it out. Just, <laughs> yes. Write it all out and just sing my little heart out. Uh, and then also I just say, just like working out and so that's kind of like say mm -hmm. like my, 
kind of like saving grace of like um, during COVID, like I worked out a lot, then it slowed down and I realized like once, and so I'm trying to get back in the routine of that. And that's kind of helped me uh, exert some energy that I, I would just hold on and kind of use to worry and kind of that helped me feel a little more tired, but also lose focus on like what's happening in the world and kind of honing in on what I can't control and finding those everyday wins when possible. Yeah, everyday wins. Give it, even giving yourself a little trophy sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so what is my, you know, my favorite word of the year, I guess, is um, <laughs> resilience. <laughs> um, what does resilience mean to you? Not just like today and like, you know, with all the things that we have going on, but just overall, when you think of, when you look back on your life, like what is, what does that mean to you? Uh, so when I think about resilience, like, um, I think there's like twofold of it. Like, so fundamentally, like resilience is a, is a helpful tool, but also I think oftentimes our society, like we use resilience as a way to kind of like gaslight people through like experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like currently in working in higher education, like, uh, resilience is like the, the key word, like, oh, we just gotta be resilient. And like, yes, you have to be resilient because lots of things aren't going our way, but like resiliency isn't a, the past for like all the like terrible conditions you might be enduring right mm -hmm. so if you have a bad boss or if you have a bad work environment like resiliency isn't being able to just endure trashy things and the trashy thing never improves uh so i'd say being able to kind of like advocate for yourself and self-care like that's part of resiliency and then the other part i would say is uh being able to overcome obstacles and like the the toll of whatever obstacles you go through uh, and being able to get the path to restoration uh Sometimes that's quick. Sometimes that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, and so realizing like resilience isn't like a one-time thing. Like it's a, like it's a constant battle and self-care is kind of like uh, embedded in that to help you become resilient because we're finite beings. We're humans. We don't have all the answers. Uh, we don't not, have most of them. <laughs> yeah, we really don't. Uh, <laughs> and just kind of realizing like the limitations you have and kind of being able to, you know, improve yourself and empower yourself to like, navigate some of those like unforementioned or like things you don't want to happen and like finding ways to be functional in that moment and keep pushing that's what i would say it's resilience that's a long definition to say being able to overcome trouble i would say stuff <laughs> no what i really love about what you just said there and what i'm not sure somebody has said to me yet or like brought my attention to um is that people use resilience to gaslight your um, experience because, um, you know, I work in staffing and it's a very common phrase of needing to be resilient. And what, what they're really saying is like, kind of get over it and keep going, you know, <laughs> yes. like, st like stop complaining and just keep working. And, um, and not, you know, that doesn't come from my, my company per se, but the industry is very, you know, that's just, um, it's kind of one of those things where you just got to keep pushing through. And I think a lot of times, we hurt ourselves when we do that. Um, and I think about it with like working out, right? Like you can't get stronger if you don't take rest days. Like if you go to the gym every single day, you will literally fall apart. And mm -hmm. I think that's the same with us, you know, like our, our human self, our ability to be resilient. Like it takes, like you said, self-care and it takes recognizing like is this weight too heavy you know like is this is this you know whether it's like like you said a bad boss or poor working conditions or not having the resources or tools that you need to move forward or I think it's really important to not just like say to yourself I have to be resilient because I have no other choice but like knowing that it's 
bigger than just, I guess, the experience you're in right then. Yes, uh, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's very interesting. Like, I think our culture kind of like get like unintentionally gaslights us through a lot of things, right? So all the time. <laughs> uh, tw- Twitter has been like the one place that's really kind of got me reflecting on life. Like, oftentimes, like that's somebody so brings up concern, people that have opposing views of like, ah, oh, just get over it. Uh, or you just just need to do this and it's like that still doesn't change the fundamental problem of like what I had like yes I will work through it and like I understand I have to do that but that is not a pass for this person to still be terrible right and so uh, I think that plays a piece into kind of how we like navigate because Twitter will you should you should you to death right like you you should do this and you should do that and it's like that's that's not helpful me right like because not yeah, I had to get rid of my Twitter, honestly. I actually, I didn't get rid of it because to be fair, I don't really like know how to get rid of it, but I just stopped checking it and like deleted the app and everything um, because exactly that. I just feel like there's a lot of uh, noise on Twitter. I feel like no matter what you're saying, somebody has a differing opinion. And though I think it's important to have differing opinions, I also don't think it's always healthy to be in a constant state of debate. <laughs> at all times and I just found Twitter to to be that for me and I was like I don't need this I don't and then you know it gives you those like live updates of trending topics and it's like every five seconds you're like oh gosh what's new about COVID and what's you know like what's what's new in the world and it's just really Uh, overwhelming yes so so overwhelming and I think it's just it kind of perpetuates kind of like having to be resilient because like so much happens right like if you just have general thoughts like I think about the WAP song that came out, right? Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's the, the women that are like, yes, empowering. And there's lots of value in that song doing that. And then there's all the men who are like, but she's out here doing this and she's out here doing that. And it's just like, why can't women have their opportunity to just kind of be free? Like the rappers do it. We don't, we don't mm-hmm. criticize the men that talk about having sex with women all the time. And like, why do we, and it's just like in your fight to kind of like have empowerment and struggle, like people are always going to push back and have like, things to say and like that's very taxing and part of resilience is, is kind of like what you said realize this ain't it and let me get off the internet <laughs> yeah. do my thing and like, I'm still, they don't have access to you they can't give you your opinion because their opinion doesn't really change a whole lot uh and that's kind of one thing realizing like what to and what not to listen to that's part of resilience i would say is just know sure. what's to listen to and how to take care of yourself through the madness because the world is a visceral place <laughs> to say the least how do you figure that out? How do you determine what's for you and what's not? Uh, I'd say probably figuring out, like, is it robbing your peace, right? Like, there was a point where, like, when all the, like, police killings and, like, the initial, like, riots were happening, like, uh, like I want to be part of that fight because I like, was a black person, right? Like, you want to be part of the, the solution. Mm-hmm. But then also realizing, like, me checking social media incessantly is not going to fix it. Uh, and kind of realizing your limitations and like what do you need to do to take care of you because at the end of the day if it changes it's not gonna matter if you're dead or have a heart attack or like you're overtly stressed out like and so realizing what I want to accomplish and like how do I get there like is it doing more things grassroots in my job and like having conversations with my students or is it having conversations with my girlfriend or is it social media because some people's lane is to get on Mm -hmm. social media educate the masses that's not my lane like i don't i don't get on there either (laughs) give you all this information and you should do this you should vote for this person you should do this and that issue and that issue like there's too many to like really care about and so kind of realizing like what your lane is and how do you accomplish that and whatever is not serving your purpose uh go away from that but that doesn't mean to like run away from like dissenting ideas because i think Mm -hmm. being around people with like dissenting ideas can be helpful if they're like 
being educational about it rather than just trying to be combative right. and like undermine everything you're doing. And so finding that unique balance of like being around, being in spaces that can like challenge your thought process and growth, uh, but also like something that enables you to like accomplish your goal you want to reach as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. And it's definitely social media is not my lane either. And I enjoy <laughs> it. I think it's fun. But like, I just I I can't keep up with it. It's just too I, I just um, I don't know if it's my age or, you know, just whatever. <laughs> but not that old. <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like an old soul, you know. Um, but I will give a shout out in this moment to my brother because he is the social media warrior and I have just delegated, I have handed over to him the responsibility of keeping the Cantrell name strong by defending what's wrong and promoting what's right. And he does it for the whole family and probably the whole state of Georgia. I mean, he does it first. He, he goes in on Facebook trolls and just really advocates for the good stuff and points people in the right direction. So thanks, wow. Corey. Shout out to you. Shout out to brother. That's a special, uh, <laughs> special level of patience and uh, benefit of doubt you're giving people because I don't have time to be arguing with people in, in yeah. an election in an election year and all this stuff is happening and sports Lord. is starting to turn into, you know, activism too. And so it's like, you know, all that intertwined. That's not my lane. <laughs> what a time to be alive you know what a time to be alive it is you know we'll, we'll be a generation that's had lots of moments like you probably remember 9-11 right mm-hmm. um, which we're up, about to celebrate you know yes, that's on yes, Friday, Friday. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like I remember 9-11 because I lived in a military town and like my school was maybe a mile and a half from like a military base and so when that all happened like it's a very like oh traumatic gosh. time like people running and getting checked out like my whole school got checked out by the end of the day uh, and wow. so, just, so just being around like all the chaos and all that happens, the military base is like locking down and all that. And it's just like, what's going on? And so, mm-hmm. then, you know, 2008, we had the financial crisis. And so like, we've had lots of moments in life <laughs> as our, as our budding adult years of just like crisis. And now COVID-19 is the next one that we get to have fun with. Lord. <laughs> but it's another opportunity to develop resilience though. So it is. To bring it back to <laughs> You know, you can't, you can't develop resilience if everything's going well, right? You don't you learn can't. from, in most moments where things are going well, that's when we, our ego takes over, like, oh, we're doing this, we're, we're killing it. Mm-hmm. And then when something goes wrong, you're like, oh, maybe I wasn't killing it. And that kind of the slice of humble pie that we need to help yes. us learn and grow. I so appreciate you, you circling us back there because it, it really is true. And, and one thing I say all the time, and you know, I consider myself an unrelenting optimist and I just truly choose to see like the good side of things. Like sometimes people think that I'm just like ignorant to the fact that like life is hard and that I've just had it all dandy and like it's rainbows and sunshine and butterflies. And that's just like truly the farthest from the truth. Like I'm just, (laughs) I just, I'm very realistic. Like I absolutely know that like pain happens and like trouble happens and I've been a part of it. And I just choose to know that it's happening for my benefit or, or somebody's benefit. Like I just, that's just like the belief system that I was born with. And and so that's to me what, you know, optimism is, is not believing that everything's amazing all the time, but knowing that even when it's not amazing, that that's what's going to aid in making it better later. Um, so like you said, that humble pie, you know, I think if it didn't get bad, we wouldn't know it was good. Yes. And yes. I want to know that it's good, you know. <laughs> Don't we all, but you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just got to keep that hope and just hope, ride that hope until something affirms or denies what your hope is on and so you just gotta 
Got to write it out. Write it out. Well, what are your thoughts on failure while we're on the topic of things not being sunshine all the time? <laughs> uh, so I don't like failure on a human level, right? Like uh, no one likes to fail, right? We, you know, his human nature to want to do everything right, be perfect, do all this. Uh, but if you really are honest about your journey in life, no matter whether you're an expert in this or you're the best at insert thing, at some point you were terrible at it, right? And so you you failed. Um, and depending on what your failure might look different, right? So like failure might be like, oh, I got a 92 on the test, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those people and you're like, that's not failure. But like to them, like that could be yeah. like, it's all relative. Like, so like, that could be the thing that like drives them to like maybe study harder or like do something that like maybe they like slacked off on. And yes, like their, their average is better than for some people's like shoot for the moon score, but at the same time, like that's what it kind of like drives them to do that. Um, and I also think failure, like it's an opportunity to like kind of learn and grow. Uh, as I think about my life, there were many, there were many like moments, uh, I wrote them down. There was like five or six yeah. moments of like failure that's really kind of like shaped who I am as a person. And so I'll, I'll go through the different ones. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first one was when I was mm, probably in middle school, I played AAU basketball. We were in a close game and I know we didn't play a lot, but for some reason I was in the game at the end. And was losing by one point. And the team had the ball. They missed it. I got the ball. Pushing it last for like five, six seconds. I had a layup in front of the rim. I missed it. And we lost the game. Oh, no. <laughs> and like I felt terrible. And I was just like, what is life? But like that kind of really, <laughs> you know, in those moments, like my teammates were mad and everybody's mad. But like at the end of that, it kind of like really layups in the front of the rim wasn't something I practiced at the time. Right. So like that really catapulted me to like actually do something different than what I normally would do right mm-hmm. and so like that that's failure number one failure number two uh <laughs> when I was in sixth grade I was dating this girl and I remember she told me I wasn't man enough <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, like in, no. in, in, in the breakup speech was like I wasn't man enough right and I was like in sixth wow. grade. <laughs> yeah sixth grade like <laughs> of course I'm a strong man man everybody's been there right uh and like that really was like a moment to like I was hurt, like sixth, sixth grade Alex was like hurt, but that also got me on the path of like thinking about like what kind of person I wanted to be, right? Like how do I want to be to people that I date? Um, what are they looking for? It's kind of really like got me on the path of doing that. Uh, another time is in middle school. I didn't make the football team. Uh, granted, football wasn't my sport and maybe that's why I don't like it because I didn't make it. <laughs> right, that's why you uh, picked basketball. <laughs> yes, um, but I also think like not making that kind of showed me that like I won't get everything I want in life, right? Because there were some yeah. points in my like childhood that like, you get everything you want, you try for this team, you got it, you try yeah. for this, you got it. And it really kind of forced me to like, one, focus on basketball morning, make me better, but also taught me to be prepared to like, you're not going to get everything you want. And like, that's okay. Like, what can you do to harness that? Um, when I was an undergrad, um, I was supposed to graduate and then I got a D in a class I needed a C in. And so like mm-hmm. this grad school, I almost, go to, almost went to grad school somewhere else. Uh, and so, like, I had grad school there. I had a job, had assistantship. It was all lined up, and I got that D. Wow. And the class was only offered in the spring, so, like, and the school didn't allow me to defer. And so, like, that was another moment of, like, failure. And I was like, what is life? I didn't want to go back to school. I don't think I knew that. Yes, most people don't know that. <laughs> wow. Uh, and so I was supposed to be, like, a cohort before that, and so we probably would have never met if that was the case. Uh, well, I'm really, so- <laughs> really glad. No, no shade. <laughs> no uh, shade to your failure, but I'm really glad. <laughs> uh yeah and so like that kind of turned into like another grad school struggle and then like Valdosta was the only grad school after that moment that I got into after uh and so like that kind of taught me a lesson of being resilient and keep pushing and you Mm -hmm. can make it 
Uh, and then at my last job, I had an incident where like, I was trying to do some like different work at the university, like on volunteer basis. And it kind of, it kind of went left with like a supervisor. And then it kind of taught me another way to like be resilient and like learn how to be control what you can control to make sure that like people can't infringe on things that you really want to do. And so all my failures have kind of helped me be the person I am and really learn how to face adversity and stay calm. Like you told me earlier, I like to stay yeah. calm. These moments all help me reach that point. And so failure, although not fun, can be helpful if you decide to learn whatever lesson you can from it. Isn't it amazing how just like one thing can change your whole life? It, it sure can. <laughs> and it does every day and we don't even realize it. Like every yes. little decision just changes everything we don't even know. It's yes. so crazy. Also, for those listening, um, you don't know this, but I do because I can see Alex on the video and the whole time he's talking about all these failures, he just has a smile on his face, <laughs> which is my favorite thing about you. <laughs> like, you just have such a positive disposition and I just really appreciate you for that. Being, being bitter just robs me of joy, man. I don't mm -hmm. I try to hold on to those moments of joy as much as I can. And so, you know, yes, it still sucks and like, I don't like that any of these things happen, but I also realized how this has helped me be who I am today. And so, you know, you see the good with the bad and roll with it. Totally. I love it. <laughs> what would you say is one of your biggest like learning lessons or biggest takeaways thus far in your mature adult life? <laughs> um, I'd say for me, you probably wouldn't guess this either. I'd say like having confidence. So there's so many, many points in life, I think, part of my failures, but also like just how I navigated spaces was like, I didn't always have like confidence in myself. So like yeah. I probably could have been a better basketball player if I just believed like I could do it. Oftentimes, like most of the teams I were always on, like I was probably the best defensive player, but like when you're growing up, nobody really cares about defense. Like you don't care about that <laughs> until you get older. Uh, and so like right. shooting wasn't a thing. And like, I just mostly passed it to my teammates. And so like, I just always automatically took that like backseat role. Like, oh yeah, like I'm just here, do my role and like mm -hmm. life's it. Uh, but in hindsight, I realized, like, I probably could have been more assertive and kind of having that confidence. The same thing with grad school, the same thing with, like, many things I've done in life. Like, I just didn't want more confidence to have, like, the audacity to like, actually do it. Uh, I think that would have, like, served me well. And that's something I'm trying to, like, implement into my life now from about thinking about applying to, like, doctoral programs. And so, like, wow, uh, like, on one level, it's like, am I qualified to do that? Because I'm, like, I barely feel like I went through yes. <laughs> like I feel like I barely like struggled through my master's and so like am I like academically elite enough in that and so that's just more of like the self-doubt coming so like just having confidence in myself and trying to really like get out of my own way and just go for it and see what happens totally well for what it's worth yes you can totally do it <laughs> um and I really think that in life like I think attitude is everything and like I, I always say like show up with a positive attitude and the rest will fall into place. And I truly believe that to be true. And so, you know, sure. If you compared yourself to every other person that's like trying to, you know, be in a doctor program or already is, or already has been like, sure. You could find flaws in what you are showing up with, but comparison is a thief of joy. And sure you, is. my friend, <laughs> you, my friend have have what the real kicker is and that's the attitude that's the resilience that's the the desire to be great and make other people's life great in the process and um 
there's my pep talk for today. Okay. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you for your kind words. Uh, I started looking at applications last night, so I guess this is, this That's is a so good start. That's so exciting. Uh, we'll start the process of writing statement purpose and all that stuff. And so. Okay, Dr. Alex. <laughs> I, I look forward to the announcement of when it has come. I probably won't announce it. You know, you know me. I don't put many announcements on, on I know. social media. <laughs> I mean, like the just the little carrier pigeon that tells me <laughs> the whisper sure in my ear. <laughs> I might mention it if I talk to you, like, "Oh, I'm doing this," but or Stephanie might do something because I've talked to her too. So, mm-hmm. but that's awesome. You're awesome. Well, I was going to ask you what excites you right now, but I imagine that's one of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I I have more things that excite me, so. What excites you? <laughs> um, so I'd say like right now, like a lot of like isms in life is something I'm like focused on, right? So I'm thinking like sexism, racism, and capitalism, like the three that I probably talk about or think about the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think capitalism, because so I work at an institution where if they live on campus, they pay $76,000 a year uh, to get an education. And so it's just like, why do you have to pay that much to go to this like elite school and these kids here, like, yes, they're smart, but like in terms of life skills, they're really on some levels are like behind many students are like, think about like mm-hmm. a Valdosta or like these like smaller institutions. And so like, why is that a thing? And then I think about why are we open as a university in the middle of COVID because mm-hmm. cases are money. Right. And so like, there's just so many things that those isms drive like where we are as a society. Uh, and so like, those are things like, what can I do in my job? And so like, I work with, I'd say, 95% of my residents in my building are like Caucasian students. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like oftentimes they're not aware of like what's happening in the world. And so I try to use my proxy, like more of my identity. So as a black man, like I'm one of the few black staff members that aren't like service staff. So we have a lot of like service staff, like custodians, like dining people, but in terms of like administrator position at the university aren't many. Mm-hmm. And so I try to use my, like my position to kind of help educate people to, make them better. Um, our school's moniker is world changer shaped here. And so like, uh, if I'm, if you're really going to be world changer, you got to be aware of like more of the world, the world. and just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who you are. And so I try to do my best to kind of like educate people in that moment and also advocate for women. And so like, that's a lot of women in my life. Like most of my close friends are women. And so like, I think I have a closer proximity to like the perils of what women go through. And so, uh, try to do what I can and also push through. So like my podcast episode, when I was talking about masculinity, uh, Jasmine was like, well, now you got to do something to help men be better to help women in the long run. And I was like, all right, I'm here for the challenge. It's <laughs> out my natural disposition to tell dudes what to do, but I also accept the challenge and it's going to help me get my comfort zone and be better. So, Well, thanks for doing that. That's a big are... task to, to care, a big burden to carry, but I think it's really necessary, you know, to make the world a better place yes, to have those hard conversations. Yes, it's very, very difficult. And it's, you know, I know, I know I won't change overnight, but if I can just do my can to kind of touch one person at a time and help them join the fight, and then maybe in 10 years, well, it'll be at a better better place, hopefully. What's that? I think it's the starfish story where it's that person who's, I'm going to butcher it, but at the beach and there's all these starfish and they're picking up one by one and throwing one into the ocean and then the next one into the ocean and there's hundreds of thousands of starfish and this one person says to them why even bother you're never going to save them all and the person says well it mattered to that one and i think you know that's (laughs) what you maybe think of is you know you may not get them all but at least one is better than none you know 
Yes, that was very educationy of you to, to, to make that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that. Your education roots are very, very much showing right now. Like that's, or the positive optimist. I miss it sometimes. Un, un, unrelenting <laughs> optimist is showing at the same time, which is okay. We, we, we need that. The listeners are probably like, Kimmy is just being Kimmy. And then I'm probably speaking like, look, I'm probably giving voice to what they're thinking. Like, Kimmy is just so kind and just <laughs> so positive because, you know. The regular person would tell that person to shut up and (laughs) shove it or something like that. But you're like, no, thank you for your feedback. But, you know, I just want to impact that one person. And so thank you for being you, Kimmy. (laughs) Thank you for your feedback. No, I I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So a couple last few things here. So um, what like action items would you leave somebody with who's maybe feeling overburdened with some of the same things that we've talked about, you know, feeling like there's just so much to do and I'm just one person and I just can't do it all. Like what, what tips would you give to people in that scenario? Uh, step one, I would say is like, be, like I say, get comfortable with your thoughts and emotions. Right. So I think as a society, we're really terrible at like being like intelligent with our emotions. And so kind of like being normalizing like what we're feeling because if you just try to like bypass it, it's just going to like drive you crazy. Right. And so first Mm -hmm. being in tune with like how you're feeling and like the triggers and like all that, like understand that whole process. And so like, once you kind of have more awareness of like who you are um, and figure out like, what do you want to do next? And so like, what are you trying to accomplish and how do you, how do you get there? So like, is that for some people it might be taking care of yourself for some people that might be, you know, fighting those battles on Facebook, like your brother is doing. Uh, for some people, it might just be like educating yourself, right? So like, you want to make this, but you don't know how to do that. And so like, what can you do to like equip yourself to make your mark on that? Uh, and then also, last thing I'd say is realize like, you don't have to have all the answers. And like, it's not your solo burden to accomplish most things in the world, right? So it's not your solo burden to like, not secure COVID-19. It's not your solo burden to like, cure racism. It's not your solo burden to do all those things. And so uh, control what you can control do what like what's in your influence and like be okay with like just doing the best you can and like joining forces with other people so you want to like do it alone um, I would say those are the, the few things I would say to kind of help people feel more empowered to go through that totally I love it teamwork teamwork makes a dream work <laughs> that is that is the that's the truth right in November it's going to take a team to whatever elected office offices are up in your local municipality like it takes a lot of people to vote not just one person and so like the more you can all be on the same page whoever you want to win we'll do that and then we'll go from there and please register to vote and go out and vote please 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 (laughs) Uh, if you have the means to do so which you should please do so (laughs) yes pay attention to your local election uh, mm-hmm. those those shape your day-to-day more than anything the presidents will do uh, mm-hmm. and so like school boards to county officials all those people have great influence on your day-to-day and so yes focus on the presidential but also realize like what's happening in your community uh, do your research and do what you feel is best for the community for sure <laughs> was there anything else that you wanted to say or talk about or leave us with before we conclude here today um I'd say just in, in final words, just kind of like um, just encourage people to like, don't, don't lose hope. Uh, I think if you lose hope, then you lose all optimism and ability to kind of like navigate the world. The world is hard. Lots of things mm-hmm. will happen. Uh, no, people are going to still, people are still dying from various causes and it's like kind of doing what you can to just endure it, take care of yourself and 
just keep the hope because if you lose the hope then that's when it all will make what's happening even worse uh and then yeah. what it already is and so take care of yourself through this and realize you ain't got to have all the answers i love it times are tough and so are you oh look at look, <laughs> right on cue kimmy you being you being your typical self and i, I love it and people <laughs> that listen to this because they love you will very much appreciate that's how you brought it back all together and just made yeah. it beautiful eloquent and just soft and warm statement thank you well uh, other than listening to your podcast which like we said is the adult adjacent podcast <laughs> how can people get in touch with you or how would you want people to get in touch with you if they want to be your friend after hearing how uh, amazing you are people want to be my friend so on instagram my name is xander underscore gene 323 so it's z-a-n-d-e-r underscore g-e-n-e 323 uh, my page is open and as long as you don't post crazy things, I'll follow you back. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, my name is Xander Rents. So it's Z-A-N-D-E-R-R-E-N-T-Z. Just one word, Xander Rents. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot. And so another wide open page that. And then on Facebook, I am Alexander R. Eugene. Um, if you're friends with Kimmy, you just search Alexander R. It will likely pop up. And so. <laughs> you and you will not be disappointed because Alex is a gem. But... It's been so nice having you here, Alex. It's always a treat to catch up with you and see how you're doing. I appreciate all the little nuggets of knowledge you've shared with us today. So thank you. Okay. And for those, yeah, for those listening, thank you for being a part of the journey. And hopefully you got something good out of today. And we look forward to talking with you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Golden Hour, a podcast dedicated to spreading light. If you'd like to keep in touch or have a story to share, you can contact us on Instagram at goldenhourpodcast1 or email us at goldenhourpodcast1 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your stories of love, resilience, and light.